Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 55 of Learning About the Lord. Today we will be reading from Maria Valtorta's Poem of the Man-God, Volume 1. And today we find that Jesus, who has been reaching out and looking for each of the shepherds who came to him on the night that he was born, has finally found uh, the last shepherd, who is Jonah. And when Jesus sees Jonah, he calls out, May my peace come to you. But Jonah does not reply. He runs and throws himself weeping at his feet and kisses them. When he is fit to speak, he says, How long I have waited for you, how long, how depressing it was to feel that my life was passing away, that death was approaching, and I had to say, I have not seen him. And yet, no, not all hopes were destroyed, not even when I was about to die. I would say, she said so. She said, you will serve him again. And she could not have said something that was not true. She is the mother of the Emmanuel. No one therefore possesses God more than she does, and who has God knows what is of God. So Jonah was referring to the Virgin Mary, what she had told him when Jesus was just a baby. And the Lord says, Get up, Jonah. She sends you her greetings. You have been near her, and you are still near her. She lives at Nazareth. You? She, says Jonah, at Nazareth? Oh, I wish I had known. At night, in the cold winter months, when the fields rest and evil people cannot cause damage to farmers, I would have come. I would have run there to kiss your feet, and I would have come back with my treasure of certainty of faith. Why did you not show yourself, Lord? And Jesus says, Because it was not the time. The time has now come. We must learn to wait. You said in the winter months when the fields rest, and yet they have been sown, have they not? Well, I was like a grain that had been sown, and you saw me when I was being sown. Then I disappeared, buried in necessary silence, that I might grow and reach harvest time and shine in the eyes of the world and of those who had seen me a newborn baby. That time has come. The newborn is now ready to be the bread of the world. And I am looking first for my faithful ones. And I say to them, Come, I will satisfy your hunger. Jonah is listening to Jesus, smiling happily. And he keeps saying to himself, Oh, you are really here. You are really here. And Jesus says, You were about to die? When? And Jonah answers, when I was thrashed to death because they had stripped two vineyards, look how many wounds. He lowers his tunic and shows his shoulders all marked by irregular scars. He beat me with an iron rod. He counted the bunches of grapes that had been picked. He could see where the stalks had been torn off, and he gave me a blow for every bunch, and then he left me there, half dead. A woman named Mary helped me. She is the young wife of a friend of mine, and she has always been fond of me. Her father was the land agent before me, and when I came here I became very fond of the little girl because her name was Mary. She took care of me and I recovered after two months, for the sores had become infected because of the heat and had given me a high temperature. 
I said to the God of Israel, It does not matter. Let me see your Messiah again, and this misfortune is of no importance to me. Accept it as a sacrifice. I can never offer you a sacrifice. I am the servant of a cruel man, and you know. He does not even allow me to come to your altar at Passover. Accept me as a victim, but give me him. And the Most High has satisfied you, Jonah. Do you wish to serve me as your friends are already doing? asks the Lord. Oh, how shall I do that? asks Jonah. As they do, says Jesus. Levi knows and he will tell you how simple it is to serve me. I only want your good will. And Jonah says, I have given you that since the time you cried in the manger. It made me overcome everything, both dejection and hatred. The fact is, we cannot speak very much here. The master once kicked me because I was insisting that you existed. But when he was away, and with those I could trust, oh, I did tell the wonder of that night. And now tell the wonder of your meeting, says Jesus. I have found almost everyone, and everyone is faithful. Is that not a wonder? Only because you contemplated me with faith and love, you have become just in the eyes of God and men. Oh, says Jonah, now I will have courage, and how much courage! Now that I know you are alive, I can say, He is there, go to him. But where, my Lord? All over Israel, says Jesus. Up to September I will be in Galilee. I will often be at Nazareth or Capernaum, and I can be traced from there. After I will be everywhere. I have come to gather the sheep of Israel. O oh, my Lord, says Jonah, you will find many billy goats. Beware of the great ones in Israel. They will not do me any harm if it is not the time, says the Lord. Say to the dead, the sleepers, the living, The Messiah is amongst us. To the dead, Lord? asks Jonah. And the Lord says, To those whose souls are dead, the others, the just who died in the Lord, are already rejoicing for their imminent liberation from limbo. Say to the dead, I am the life. Say to the sleepers, I am the sun that rises, awaking from sleep. Say to the living, I am the truth they are seeking. And Jonah asks, And you cure also sick people? Levi told me about Isaac. Is the miracle only for him, because he is your shepherd, or is it for everybody? For good people, says the Lord, a miracle is a just reward. For those who are not so good, it urges them toward true goodness. It is also for bad people, to shake them, and make them understand that I am, and that God is with me. A miracle is a gift. Gifts are for good people. But he who is mercy and sees the human burden, which can be lightened only by powerful events, has resort also to this means, that he may say, I have done everything for you, but all in vain. Tell me therefore what else I must do. Lord, says Jonah, do you mind entering my house? If you give me assurance that no robber will come into the estate, I would like to give you hospitality, and invite also the few people who know you 
because I spoke to them of you. Our Master has bent and broken us like ignoble stems. We have but the hope of an eternal reward. But if you will show yourself to downcast hearts, they will feel new strength. I will come, says Jesus. Do not be afraid for your trees and vineyards. Can you believe that the angels will watch them faithfully? Oh, my Lord, says Jonah, I saw your heavenly servants. I do believe, and I will come with you and feel safe. Blessed are these trees and vineyards which have the breeze and songs of angelical wings and voices. Blessed is the soil which is sanctified by your feet. Come, Lord Jesus, listen, trees and vines, listen, soil. Now I will say to him the name that I confided to you for my own peace. Jesus is here. Listen, and may the sap exult through branches and vine shoots. The Messiah is with us. Sometime later, Jesus and his disciples are preparing to depart. They have spoken with Jonah and other poor peasants at Jonah's little hut. Jonah says, Will I not see you again, my Lord? You have brought light to our hearts. Your kindness has turned these days into a feast that will last all our lives. But you have seen how we are treated. A mule is taken more care of than we are, and trees receive more human attention. They are money. We are only millstones that earn money, and we are used until we die of excessive toil. But your words have been as many loving caresses. Our bread seemed more plentiful and it tasted better because you shared it with us. This bread, which he does not even give to his dogs. Come back to share it with us, my Lord. Only because it is you, I dare say that. It would be an insult to offer anyone else shelter and food which even a beggar would disdain. But you. And Jesus says, But I find in them a heavenly perfume and flavor because in them there is faith and love. I will come, Jonah. I will come back. You stay in your place, tied like an animal to the shafts. May your place be Jacob's ladder. And in fact, angels go and come from heaven down to you, carefully gathering all your merits and taking them up to God. But I will come to you to relieve your spirit. Be faithful to me, all of you. Oh, I would like to give you also human peace, but I cannot. I must say to you, go on suffering, and that is very sad for one who loves. Lord, says Jonah, if you love us, we no longer suffer. Before we had no one to love us. Oh, if I could at least see your mother. Do not worry, says Jesus. I will bring her to you. When the weather is milder, I will come with her. Do not risk incurring cruel punishments on account of your anxiety to see her. You must wait for her as you wait for the rising of the evening star. And you must consider that even now she is lavishing her gifts of love on you. Goodbye, everybody. May my peace protect you from the harshness of him who torments you. Goodbye, Jonah. Do not cry. You have waited for so many years with patient faith. I now promise you a very short wait. Do not weep. I will not leave you alone. Your kindness wiped my tears when I was a newborn baby. Is mine not sufficient to wipe yours? Yes, says Jonah. 
but you are going away, and I have to remain here. Jonah, my friend, says Jesus, do not make me go away depressed because I cannot comfort you. I am not crying, my Lord, says Jonah, but how will I be able to live without seeing you now that I know that you are alive? Jesus caresses the forlorn old man once again and then goes away. But standing on the edge of the miserable threshing floor, Jesus stretches his arms out and blesses the country. He then departs. What have you done, Master? asks Simon Zelot, who has noticed the unusual gesture. I put a seal on everything, says the Lord, that no demon may damage things and thus cause trouble to those wretched people. I could do no more. Master, says Simon Zelot, let us walk a little farther. I would like to tell you something which I do not want the others to hear. They move farther away from the group, and Simon Zelot begins to speak. I wanted to tell you that Lazarus has instructions to use my money to assist all those who apply to him in Jesus' name. Could we not free Jonah? That man is worn out, and his only joy is to be with you. Let us give him that. What is his work worth here? If instead he were free, he would be your disciple in this beautiful yet desolate plain. The richest people in Israel own fertile estates here, and they exploit them with cruel usury, exacting a hundredfold profit from their workers. I have known that for years. You will not be able to stop here long, because the sect of the Pharisees rules over the country and I do not think it will ever be friendly to you. These oppressed and hopeless workers are the most unhappy people in Israel. You heard it yourself. Not even at Passover have they peace, neither can they pray, whilst their severe masters, with solemn gestures and affected exhibitions, take up prominent positions in front of all the people. At least they will have the joy of knowing that you exist and of listening to your words, which will be repeated to them by one who will not alter one single letter. If you are agreeable, Master, please say so, and Lazarus will do the necessary. Simon, says the Lord, I knew why you gave all your property away. The thoughts of men are known to me, and I loved you also because of that. By making Jonah happy, you make Jesus happy. Oh, how it torments me to see good people suffer. My situation of a poor man, despised by the world, afflicts me only because of that. If Judas Iscariot heard me, he would say, But are you not the word of God? Give the order, and these stones will become gold and bread for the poor people. He would repeat Satan's snare. I am anxious to satisfy people's hunger, but not the way Judas would like. You are not yet sufficiently mature to grasp the depth of what I want to say, but I will tell you. If God saw to everything, he would then rob his friends. He would deprive them of the chance of being merciful and fulfilling the commandment of love. My friends must possess this mark of God in common with him, the holy mercy consisting in deeds and words and the unhappiness of other people gives my friends the opportunity to practice it. Have you understood what I mean? Your thought is a deep one, 
says Simon Zelot. I will ponder your words, and I humble myself as I see how dull-minded I am, and how great God is who wants us to be gifted with all his most sweet attributes, so that he may call us his children. God is revealed to me in his manifold perfections by every ray of light with which you illuminate my heart. Day by day, like one proceeding in an unknown place, the knowledge of the immense thing which is the perfection which wants to call us his children is progressing in me, and I seem to be climbing like an eagle or to be diving like a fish into two endless depths such as sky and sea, and I climb higher and higher and dive deeper and deeper, but I never touch the end. But what is therefore God? And Jesus answers, God is the unattainable perfection. God is the perfect beauty. God is the infinite power. God is the incomprehensible essence. God is the unsurpassable bounty. God is the indestructible mercy. God is the immeasurable wisdom. God is the love that became God. He is the love. He is the love. You say that the more you know God in his perfection, the higher you seem to climb and the deeper to dive into endless depths of shadeless blue. But when you understand what is the love that became God, you will no longer climb or dive into the blue, but into a blazing vortex, and you will be drawn towards a beatitude which will be death and life for you. You will possess God with a perfect possession when, by your will, you succeed in understanding and deserving him. You will then be fixed in his perfection. O oh Lord, says Simon Zelot, overwhelmed. They reach the road and Jesus stops waiting for the others to catch up. Levi kneels down. I should be leaving, Master, but your servant asks you a favor. Take me to your mother. This man is an orphan like me. Do not deny me what you give him, that I may see the face of a mother. Come, says Jesus. What is asked in my mother's name, I grant in my mother's name. A little later we see Jesus walking fast among the thick olive trees, laden with small fruits. He is on the road, heading straight into Nazareth. He proceeds smiling. He reaches a cliff and smiles even more happily. There is Nazareth. Jesus goes down even faster. He is ahead of all the others. He reaches the road without minding the sun. He is walking so fast that he seems to be flying. The road is deserted and silent as far as the nearest houses. He turns into a half-shaded road where there are some women gathered around a cool well. Almost every one of them salutes him, welcoming him in their shrill voices. Peace to you all, says the Lord, but please be silent. I want to give my mother a surprise. Her sister-in-law has just gone away with a pitcher of cool water, says one of the women, but she is coming back. They are left without any water. The spring is either dry or the water is absorbed by the parched land before reaching your garden. We don't know. That's what Mary of Alpheus was saying. There she is. She is coming. The mother of Judah and James is coming carrying an amphora on her head and another one in her hand. 
She does not see Jesus at once. She is shouting, I'll be quicker this way. Mary is very sad because her flowers are dying of thirst. They are the ones planted by Joseph and Jesus, and it breaks her heart to see them withering. But now that she sees me, says Jesus, appearing from behind the group of women. Oh, my Jesus, blessed you are. I will go and tell, says Mary of Alpheus. No, says Jesus, I will go. Give me the amphoras. The door is half shut. Mary is in the garden. Oh, how happy she will be. She was speaking of you this morning, but why come in this heat? You are all perspiration. Are you alone? asks Mary of Alpheus. No, says Jesus, I am with friends, but I came ahead of them to see my mother first. Jesus takes the pitchers of water. He ties one at each end of his belt, which he throws across his shoulder, and takes the third one in his hand. He walks away, turns around a corner, and reaches the house. He slowly lifts the curtain, protecting the door of the garden, and he watches. His mother is standing near a rose bush with her back to the house, and is pitying the parched plant. Jesus lays the pitcher on the floor, and the copper tinkles against a stone. Are you here already, Mary? says his mother without turning around. Come, come, look at this rose and these poor lilies. They will all die if we do not assist them. Bring also some small canes to hold up this falling stalk. I will bring you everything, mother, says Jesus. Mary springs around. She remains for a moment with her eyes wide open. And then with a cry she runs with outstretched arms towards her son, who has already opened his arms and is waiting for her with the most loving smile. Oh, my son, she says. Mother, dear, says Jesus. Their embrace is a long and loving one, and Mary is so happy that she does not feel how hot Jesus is. But then she notices it. Why, son, did you come at this time of the day? You are purple-red and are perspiring like a sodden sponge. Come inside that I may dry and refresh you. I will bring you a fresh tunic and clean sandals. My son, my son, why go about in this heat? The plants are dying because of the heat, and you, my flower, are going about. It was to come to you as soon as possible, mother, says Jesus. Oh, my dear, she says, are you thirsty? You must be. Yes, says Jesus, I am thirsty for your kisses, mother, and for your caresses. Let me stay like this, with my head on your shoulder, as when I was a little boy. Oh, mother, how I miss you. Tell me to come, son, says the Virgin Mary. What did you lack because of my absence? The food you like? Clean clothes? A well-made bed? Oh, my joy, tell me what you lacked. Your servant, my Lord, will endeavor to provide. And Jesus says, Nothing but you. He goes into the house hand in hand with his mother. He sits on the chest near the wall, embraces Mary who is in front of him, and rests his head on her heart, and kissing her now and again. Now he stares at her. Let me look at you to my heart's content, holy mother of mine. I have come with my disciples and friends. They will come tomorrow at dawn. I could not wait any longer, my mother and he kisses her hands. Mary of Alpheus has gone away to leave us alone. She also understood how anxious I was to be with you. Tomorrow, 
Tomorrow you will attend to my friends and I to the Nazarenes, but this evening you are my friend and I am yours. I brought you, O oh mother, I found the shepherds of Bethlehem, and I brought you two of them. They are orphans, and you are the mother of all men, and more so of orphans. And I brought you also one who needs you to control himself, and another one who is a just man and has suffered so much, and then John. And I brought you the recollections of Elias, Isaac, Tobias, now called Matthew, John, and Simeon. Jonah is the most unhappy of them all. I will take you to him. I promised him. I will continue to look for the others. Samuel and Joseph are resting in the peace of God. Were you at Bethlehem? asks Mary. Yes, mother. I took there the disciples who were with me, and I brought you these little flowers that were growing near the stones of the threshold. Oh, says Mary, as she takes the withered stems and kisses them. And what about Anne? She died in Herod's slaughter, says Jesus. Oh, poor woman, says Mary, she was so fond of you. The Bethlehemites suffered a lot, but they have not been fair to the shepherds. But they suffered a lot, says Jesus. But they were good to you then, says Mary. Yes, says Jesus, and that is why they are to be pitied. Satan is jealous of their past kindness and urges them to evil things. I was also at Hebron, the shepherds persecuted. Oh, says Mary, to what extent? Yes, they were helped by Zacharias, who got them jobs and food, even if their masters are hard people. But they are just souls, and they turn their persecutions and wounds into merits of true holiness. I gathered them together. I cured Isaac, and I gave my name to a little boy. At Jetta, where Isaac was languishing, and where he came back to life again, there is now an innocent group called Mary, Joseph, and Jezai. Oh, your name, says Mary, and yours, says Jesus, and the name of the just one. And at Carioth, the fatherland of a disciple, a faithful Israelite died resting on my heart, out of joy, having found me. And then, oh, how many things I have to tell you, my perfect friend, sweet mother. But first of all, I beg you, I ask you to have so much mercy on those who will be coming tomorrow. Listen, they love me, but they are not perfect. You, teacher of virtue, oh, mother, help me to make them good. I would like to save them all. Jesus has slipped down to Mary's feet. She now appears in her motherly majesty. My son, she says, what do you want your poor mother to do better than you do? To sanctify them, says Jesus. Your virtue sanctifies. I brought them here deliberately, mother. One day I will say to you, come, because it will then be urgent to sanctify souls that I may find them willing to be redeemed, and I will not be able by myself. Your silence will be as eloquent as my words. Your purity will assist my power. Your presence will keep Satan away. And your son, mother, will feel stronger knowing that you are near him. You will come, will you not, my sweet mother? Jesus, dear son, says Mary, I have a feeling that you are not happy. What is the matter, child of my heart? 
Was the world hostile to you? No, it is a relief to believe it, but, oh yes, I will come, wherever you wish, as and when you wish, even now in this blazing sunshine, or by night, in cold or wet weather, you want me, here I am. No, says Jesus, not now, but one day. How sweet is our home, and your caresses. Let me sleep thus with my head on your knees. I am so tired, and I am still your little son. And Jesus really falls asleep, tired and exhausted, sitting on the mat, his head on the lap of his mother, who happily caresses his hair. So we can see in this lesson how faithful the shepherd Jonah has been to the Lord, even though his life has been misery for 30 years. He offered himself as a sacrifice to God. He offered his wounds and his troubles and his pains to God and asked only to see the Messiah again and has remained faithful to him all his life. And we see also how Jesus is tired and fatigued by the cruelty of man to man and how much he would like to help others and how he says that while God could do everything himself if he wanted to but that he gives us the opportunity to become godly to help those among us who need help to grow into the gifts the virtues that God expects to find in each of his disciples. So God is not just feeding the poor and taking care of the needy by himself. God is asking us to rise to that occasion, to increase our spirituality by being one of those people who loves his neighbor, one of those people who gives charitably, one of those people who cares about other people around him. And we can see in Jesus' apostle Simon Zelot that he's doing just that, that he has turned his property into money which he's given to Lazarus and, and asked him, please help the needy who come to you in the name of the Lord by using my money. And he wants to help Jonah with this money to remove him from the terrible situation he's in and give him some years of peace. And we also see how fatigued the Lord becomes in his mission, in his traveling throughout the land, in seeing what ways people act towards each other, and how much he needs his mother, who is the only other person on earth who knows and understands his mission fully and who can truly comfort him in her virtue, in her purity, in her peace, in her kindness, in her infinite love. He mentions how he sends people to her for her to help them along their spiritual journey and yet he also brings himself to her when he needs help along his spiritual journey, when he needs the help and comfort of his loving mother of the Virgin Mary. So I thank you all for joining me here today. I remind you that the Lord is with us, the Virgin Mary is with us, the Father is with us, the Holy Spirit is with us. And remembering that, I ask you to be kind to each other, and I ask the Lord to bless you all. Go with God.